0: This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach you've had so many careers successfully i might add before landing here in health and wellness why not tell us a little bit about what brought you here
1: sure pretty much all my life i felt different i was raised by a family of pharmacists (laughs) i was raised with the doctor said this you've got to take this But my grandfather was a compounding pharmacist and he always said, question everything. Just because the doctor says, take this, doesn't mean you need to. So there was a bit of a a push and pull thing going on through my childhood. But the upshot was I never learned how to respect my body. So fast forward, I got into hospitality career, rose to the top very quickly. I'm one of these people, you know, head down, bum up, as we say here in Australia. Uh And yeah, rose to the top, loved it, but something was missing. So I followed my passion of motor car racing, started traveling with that and raced my own car. Again, something just wasn't quite right. I didn't know if it was the happiness factor, if it was the health factor. I did have an eating disorder at that point. I'd spent years drinking French champagne and coffee and eating one meal a week. So it was starting to take a toll on me and didn't quite know what was driving that. So straight after my motor racing career, I became a mum. And of course, not having a relationship with my body was what had been missing the whole time. So here I am, I'm a mum. So now I'm not a car racer. I'm not a head honcho in hospitality area. I'm not my brother's carer. I'm a mum. I still don't know who I am at this point. Straight out of anorexia, getting pregnant is not a good idea. I don't suggest any of your (laughs) listeners ever do that because then I became super morbidly obese. So three pregnancies, two children later, two people's mum. I still don't know who I am. And that's when I started getting into health and wellness. I actually got a wake-up call at a doctor's surgery. He put a brochure on the table of coffins and he said, do you want your kids to have to choose? And I was like, first of all, I wanted to punch him because it's pretty confronting, but he was right. He left that doctor's surgery, unfortunately, because he was the best doctor I've ever found. So I started looking at how I could lose weight. Now, I'm losing weight so I can live to be a mum for my kids, not so I can live for me. And if there's anything I can say to the listeners out there, it's know who you are. Do the inner work first because the outer work just doesn't matter. So I lost a bit of weight. I got into fitness. I started weight, of course, being a bit of an overachiever. I had to do the best I could there and opened my own gym, got very fit started writing a book about weight loss. All through this had a marriage breakup as well. And as I was writing my book about weight loss, having lost half my size, I got sick. So the wheels started coming off my little wagon and I had stage four cancer. And once I had an operation, I refused any other treatment because I'd already started jumping down the natural Health path, my weight started coming back. So I was like, what's going on? I thought I'd lost it. I thought once you lost weight, that was it. No, it started coming back. Why? Because I still hadn't done the inner work. So fast forward to now, I'm now in functional health and I love what I do and I love who I am. Some of my weight has come back. So 30 kilos of the 75 kilos that I lost has come back, but that's okay because I know who I am. I'm reasonably fit. I'm very strong. I'm self-assured. I love who I am and what I stand for. And you know what? I've worked out that the weight was just a symptom. It's just the outer shell, and that will eventually be what it will be. I am not my weight. I am not my number on the scales. I am not my size of clothes. I am magic. Hmm.
0: Magic, indeed. I love the way you frame this, the various bits of your story about not having a relationship with yourself, not knowing who you were. And I think a lot of listeners can resonate, having been, you know, in corporate and a mom or a caretaker, or an entrepreneur. And that's their identity. And then when something knocks us off our identity, and by the way, I spent 30 years in the hospitality industry, so I can side with you on there's prestige. If you're at the top of the food chain, there's a lot of stress, a lot of long hours, a lot of, I certainly didn't know who I was in those days, but I knew it was fun. I really liked it. And I have also drunk my fair share of champagne and coffee, but (laughs) I did like to eat. So I managed to make sure I did that. And I also like what you said about the weight, whatever the number on the scale is, anybody who's liver lost weight, I've hoped that they've heard the number on the scale doesn't define you. None of it defines you. I would like to say one of my weight loss coaching mentors always said that losing weight is a gift in personal development. It's really about getting to know who you are and what matters. And whether you have an extra 30 pounds on your frame or not, or more or less, that you're not happy with, the Problem is mostly the not happy with. Would you agree, Magic?
1: I would totally agree with that. And, you know, for want of a better word here, happy is kind of a bit of a blase word. You don't need to be happy with yourself, you have to be at peace. They're completely different things. Mm. So, happiness is a sense of euphoria, it's a sense of gaiety and some sense of freedom but if you're chasing happiness all the time you lose your freedom and that's where I was I was chasing why aren't I happy with where I'm at because I was never at peace so I get true freedom of self when I'm at peace with myself and Greg you mentioned the stress word yes why did I rise to the top in hospitality why did I have to be the best I could at car racing? Why did I have to overachieve in everything? Because I'm a stress junkie. (laughs) And so now, post menopause, I have a cortisol belly on me that just doesn't seem to want to go no matter what I do, because I spent most of my life being a stress junkie. Mm. And that was formed in my childhood because things didn't happen unless the situation was stressful. So that then became my gateway drug to life. And To all the listeners, the most damaging thing you can do to your body is not smoking or alcoholism or even drug taking. It's being a stress junkie because that just damages every part of you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not supposed to be in a stress bath 24-7 when our ancestors were roaming the earth. And I know a lot of listeners have heard these kind of stories before, but I really want it to sink in. Stress was, we have to eat, we're hungry, let's go. The men would get a lion or a bear, whatever the heck they were eating, bring it back. The women were then staying at the campsite, raising the children, cooking the food, whatever else they did. Their stress might have been, where's my hunter? He's been gone so long, the sun is going down. But once the animal was caught, the husband or partner came back, the stress levels went back down. And that's the way stress is meant to work in the body it gives us that flight or fight mode. And there are all sorts of physiological changes in the body when you get into that fight or flight mode that were necessary to go outrun the lion, go get the food. But we have stress all the time. Even if you don't have a stressful job, even if your kids are great, even if nobody's sick, even if you have a job that you love, the stress from watching the news. Our news cycle is absolutely insane these days. Coronavirus and politics and the world heating up. Environmentally, it's heating up interpersonally there's a lot of rigidity in accepting other people that are not like us and that is stressful we may shrug it off and go well it's just life so what do you do for self-care magic what do you do to relieve stress
1: so my day starts at 6 30 in the morning a little bit earlier when the sun comes up Though so once the sun comes up i take about half an hour to wake myself up My alarm goes off it plays some beautiful deep forest music not a blaring alarm because I don't want to start my day with a shock so I hear this beautiful sweet lullaby coming on and that starts waking me up gently that is my alarm then I lie in bed I usually talk to the cat for a little bit and you know we discuss what we're going to do for the day I take about half an hour to really wake myself up. In that time, I'm throwing some dirty clothes on. I'm drinking some structured water and then I go out for a walk and I get the early morning sun on my walk. I walk for about one to one and a half hours, usually somewhere between eight and 11 kilometres. I'm not sure what that is in miles. And then I come home, drink another bottle of structured water And I have a 50-minute very hot infrared sauna. Then I have a shower. That's the start to my day. So I've already done a whole lot of self-care before I've turned on my email, checked my Facebook, done any of that. I've probably listened to maybe half a book on Audible while I've been walking. So I've done a bit of learning already. And my day has started with self-care. Now, after that, I won't eat until about one o'clock in the afternoon. I won't have a coffee or anything like that. So I'm already well hydrated. I've received the early morning sun. So the bacteria in my gut are creating the good neurotransmitters they need to so that I can sleep well at night. That night, it'll be a very small meal at one o'clock. I have more water. Each day, I probably go through nearly six litres of water. I'll do a bit of exercise then because the walk wasn't my exercise. That was my wake-up routine and my self-care routine. So I'll do a bit of exercise after lunch. I'll do some work and then I'll cook dinner for my family. So about 10 o'clock during Daylight Savings, I go to bed. Yeah, everything is off in my room. Apart from a salt lamp, there is no light. I make sure that I'm not watching TV right up till bedtime I have a blue light filter on my phone. I make sure that my computer is turned off before dinner time, so that's when I finish work. And I get to sleep pretty quickly. I'm pretty lucky that way. But if I don't, I'll rub some essential oils on my feet or try some vetiver and some lavender. That always helps me get to sleep. Bit of frankincense as well. And I'll sleep pretty well, probably not since menopause had a solid night's sleep. But in working on myself in the mornings, I'm now only getting up once during the night, whereas before my morning ritual, three or four times a night. But I don't really wake up. I kind of autopilot it over to the bathroom and then <laughs> autopilot back to bed. So when it's not daylight savings here, I try to get to bed by 8.30. So the sun will go down at about six or spend some time with the family And try and get to bed not too long after the sun goes down. And the reason I do that is because as women, we obviously have different circadian rhythms to men. We actually have infradian rhythms. And we work with the sun. Because you mentioned, you know, when we were cave people, guess what? They got up when the sun got up and they went back down when the sun went down. And they were healthy. We have all these skills to dig up relics from the past, but they weren't sick. They were very healthy, strong, fit people. So they had to be onto something. So I really do try and stay on the sun cycle. Probably more than you wanted to know, but yeah, that's my day. And and there's
0: a lot of self-care in there. Yeah, I can hear that. Even spending time with the family. If that is nurturing two people, I don't want you to... Spend time with people that are toxic, but if you have a relationship that's important to nurture, make sure you take time because connection, and I've interviewed so many docs and others that have said this, connection is one of the pillars of longevity, connecting to people that see us, that get us, that love us for whom we are. And I'm with you on the sun. I haven't had an alarm in a really long time because my window faces east. And although it's dark and I shut all the shades, but one where this like maybe six inches So as soon as it starts getting light, if the cats have not woken me up already, then I'm going to get up with the sun and I feed them. And then I actually go back to bed in the winter because it's dark and I want to wake up the way you do. You know, I, maybe I'll speak to the cat, do a little meditating, think about my day. And it's a nice way to ease into the day, the days of having an alarm where you would hit the snooze button over and over. I couldn't do that anymore as I got older. So now you have patients, you work with people. The way you are in the wellness industry is that you're a practitioner. So tell us about what you do, what kind of work you do with women.
1: Sure. Well, I treat women and men, but mainly women. And I'm in functional health. So I'm not a doctor, I'm not a naturopath, I'm not a functional health doctor, but I am an innate immunity practitioner. So I kind of bridge what the other 3 do i do remote consultations i did have clinics but for the listeners i live in melbourne in australia so i work from from home my office manager is a 17 year old cat and <laughs> he has a lot to say about everything i do a very long intake form so it's about 12 pages that's where i decide if i'll work with the person or not and if i work with them i treat their root cause so i get a full Chronology of their pathology. And I look at what happened first and when did it happen? Are uh, the issues that you're experiencing at 48 something that happened when you were two? Is this an infection that hasn't been cleared up? Is this a pathogen that's just taken over your body and, you know, your doctors along the way have gone, oh, it's nothing to worry about, take these antibiotics or take these antifungals or have this acid reflux med, but they're not actually addressing the situation. They're usually causing another situation. So I get to the root cause and we look at that. I have different session packs available and I don't sell to my clients. So I think that's the big thing. I look at the history at the intake and I say, this is what I think you might need, but let's start with this and we go from there. So it's never a matter of keeping a customer, I'm probably going to be a bit outspoken here, but that's exactly what doctors and big pharma do. They want you to keep as a customer. They're not invested in your wellness. So Mm -hmm. I say to my clients when I first start working with them, listen, after our sessions, if I never hear from you again, I know I've done a great job.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I offer them a maintenance program so that if something does pop up, because we are dealing with pathogens and Sometimes they can reactivate, then we can deal with it. But we've already got all the groundwork in there. But I'm not creating customers just to keep them on the books. I use supplements. I do prescribe supplements. But I only want people on on these things for a short amount of time because just like medications, if you take supplements for too long, you actually switch off the processes in the body that they're designed to mimic. Mm -hmm. So the body just stops doing the things it needs to do. And this is where we come back to cortisol. Cortisol is the same thing. So it's a sugar, it's a stress hormone. You have enough of it, you switch off other things in the body because they give in to the high cortisol. So I often talk to my clients about the education of what's going on. Like I said, if I never see them again, I know they've got their processes, they know what to do, but they're educated as to why things are happening. and. I think that's really, really important that we take our health in our own hands. People may see me as their practitioner, but I'm not their guru. I think Anthony Robbins said that one, didn't he? I'm not your guru. I'm your practitioner. I'm your teacher. So if we look at the word doctor, for example, in the early 1920s, the word doctor prior to that meant teacher. But in the early 1920s, the Royal College of Surgeons actually trademarked the name, the word doctor, to become what we know now as an MD or a GP. So I'm a traditional doctor. I'm a teacher. I want you to learn what's happening in your body. And so that's what I do every day. And I love what I do. Most of it has been born from my own experience. As I said, in my childhood, something was never quite right, it was that I had autoimmune. Developing in my childhood that hit me when I started being a mum. I mentioned I got sick and my weight started coming back. I had Lyme disease, I had cancer. And then from medical malpractice with my cancer treatment, my surgery, I developed lymphedema and stenosis and hypoxia. So this has all come from my journey because I don't want other people, especially other women, going through what I went through.
0: Yeah, amen to that. You've been through a lot. And I agree with the customers for life. I call it the cradle to grave big medicine treadmill. They start with formula for a baby. And then there are vaccinations. I'm not against vaccinations. I'm just mentioning how the progression goes. And before you know it, you're 65, at least in our country, about 40% or more are on five medications. And that number goes up. And we've all heard of where there are so many medications that person gets sick from the interaction of medications that were never meant to be in the body at the same time. So, we want to avoid prescription medication in multiples as much as possible. So, that's why I love interviewing people, practitioners like Magic, who are the alternative. And not to say that Western medicine doesn't have a place. It does, but it's really great at emergency medicine rather than healthcare. So, when you work with women... What is the most common complaint you hear at the perimenopause leading into menopause? Is there one thing that's most common or a couple of things?
1: Yeah, look, there is. And, you know, absolutely horrifies me when someone says, my doctor said I have too much estrogen. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, how did they test that? Oh, they did a blood test. I usually have to mute myself at this point in time on a call because I'm swearing. So there are actually three types of estrogen and they all have a different role in our life cycle. Only one of them can be found on a blood test. So the doctors aren't getting the full picture. And the one that's actually most in abundance when we hit menopause can also be quite damaging. I've mentioned cortisol a couple of times. That's because In menopause, it actually plays a big part in our estrogen lack or estrogen excess. And so we can have these really imbalanced hormones reacting to a master hormone. And when it comes to cortisol, that is now your master hormone when you're in menopause, which actually should be called adrenopause because you're actually making all of your hormones in your adrenals. You're no longer using the brain ovary axis. You're using the brain adrenal axis, and rather than making pregnenolone as your master hormone, you're now working off cortisol. So you've had a stressful life because you know you're not living in the caves waiting for your hunter to come back. You're stressed by phone calls, emails, children, work, the government, your doctor. Whatever it is is stressing you, turning on the TV, everything is stressing you. So you've got this cortisol excess already, and your body's switching off. And then so what happens when you hit adrenopause or menopause is now you have to make your hormones out of cortisol, but your body's ignoring it. A lot of women come to me with hot flashes, with night sweats, cold chills. After the night sweats and they say, I just, I can't seem to have a day where my temperature's right. The reason is because you're not making enough hormones. You're now estrogen lacking because your body switched off to the cortisol you're supposed to make your estrogen from. Or they'll say, you know, I've got these hairs on my chin. They're like (laughs) bristles of a wire brush. What? (laughs) The actual. Well, it's because now you're making too much testosterone because. Your body doesn't know how to handle the cortisol. So, the hot flashes are probably a big complaint. Depression is another one, menopausal depression, that's just absolutely huge. And just a sense of, has my life gone by? And now, you know, I'm in menopause. What am I? Who am I? What do I mean? And do I have another 30 or 40 years of this emptiness? Mm. So, I work with people a lot with their hormones in menopause, but also a lot with their brain. And, you know, I mentioned the brain adrenal axis. It's not just your adrenals that are running the show, it's your brain. So, you know, I find a lot of women have kind of lost their place in the world and now their body's doing all these crazy things and that can just be so triggering.
0: It can. And I would add to the body doing strange things. As the years progress, we all notice our face changing or our bodies changing. We might say, oh, this is saggy or this is wrinkly. And I'm having hot flashes. But then we think, okay, we're going to get through menopause and it's going to go away. And it doesn't end. The changes keep happening. You have to adapt to what you can eat, how you sleep, as you mentioned earlier. And the wrinkles get worse, the sagginess gets worse. But the alternative, Is not aging. And that means not living. So I would add, when you work with the brain, I would also say the mindset to have an openness about the changes that are occurring, how the physical body looks. Yeah, it's a bummer. Some people are not bothered by it. I'm going to be totally honest. I'm vain enough that when I look in the mirror and my eyelids are droopy or heavy and I see the wrinkles on the side of my cheeks, I get bummed out some days. But most of the time, I just think, okay, I'm here. I'm loving life. I have an amazing environment around me. Environment is very, very important. When we were talking before about what stresses us, your environment is more important than your imagination because you can't imagine away something that's annoying you in your daily environment or causing you stress. So I would say the changes need some getting used to. You need a coach, a practitioner, a doctor, whatever it is, to help you get through the symptoms that's great. But then don't think that it's all going to be fixed and more changes will come. But if you're open-minded and you're getting information, getting educated from the right teachers, as Magic put it, you will have a stronger foundation with which to face whatever's going on, including the wrinkles.
1: Totally. And one of my mentors, Dr. Perry Nicholson from Stop Chasing Pain, has this Fantastic saying, and I really would love your listeners to really take this on board. He says, the human body actually has no obligation to make any sense to you whatsoever. <laughs> and he's right. The human body is an amazing, complex organism. It's a collection of systems. It's a collection Of many organisms, most of our cells are not human cells. They're fungus, viral cells, and bacteria. In fact, 90% of our bodies are not human. So, you know, that has no obligation to make sense to us. (laughs) And if you're worried about the wrinkles and the flabby tummy and the hot flashes, just remember that 90% of that is actually other things. (laughs) inside you making up who you are 10 percent is human so you know don't overthink it it's a wrinkle I mean geez get over it you don't need to have surgery on it it's just showing that you're aging and be proud of that because so many people don't get that opportunity so embrace your wrinkles embrace your little menopause belly or your bingo wings as we call them here (laughs) under your arms but embrace it because you're experiencing something so many don't and you know when we look at the sun rising the day the sun setting the evening well our life is kind of like that too and I see menopause as an extended beautiful sunset
0: and you said something earlier about I'm not your guru And this is where personal responsibility comes in. You know, we can teach all we want, but if people, as I say, are in lottery thinking mode where, well, I've heard about that, but it won't happen to me, or just because so-and-so had diabetes in my family, I'm not going to get it. So, I'm not shaming anybody, but I want to remind people that the responsibility for how we view aging, how we react and take on whatever changes we might need to take on is totally down to us. Nobody can do us do it for us. We can have support, which I totally encourage people to get. But when the rubber meets the road, we got to do it.
1: Totally. And I think we've really, certainly in the past, you know, 40 or 50 years, we've fallen into this trap of The doctor will tell us what to do. Mm. We'll just do what they say. Or the teachers at school will tell us what we need to know. Or even so much as the TV will tell me what's happening in the world. Mm. I could go off on a tangent here, but I'll behave myself. (laughs) No one can tell you. This is your life, this is your body. Certainly take in the advice. You need autonomy over yourself, over your medical situation, over your beliefs, over what you stand for. That is you and we're not a bunch of robots. So listeners, please stop acting like you are. I see it every day. I'm not saying that your listeners do, just in general. Well, why are you taking that medication? In fact, you know, medication You're on a statin, but you're not on one. Here in Australia, you'll be on five that do exactly the same thing. Why? Because my doctor told me to. Start thinking for yourself. Start acting for yourself. What you do every day, how you spend your day, how you think, how you feel, that comes from you. It can't come from someone else. You can take the advice, sift through it, take what you need and
0: throw the rest away. Absolutely. And that's a perfect pitch for rebellious wellness, because I always say that standing up for our health is an act of rebellion, because the cradle-to-grave system will insist that certain things happen at certain milestones, 40, 50, 60. These are the medications we recommend when numbers get too high. And it is, as you say, it's our lives. We have to take whatever information we're given and question it. Your dad said question everything, or your grandfather said question everything. I totally agree. There's nothing wrong with questioning your doctor. So question things, people. They're doctors. They're human. It's okay to ask questions. And in our country, I don't know about yours, the average appointment is seven minutes. If you only go to the doctor once a year, seven minutes for your health is not enough. Even if you go to the doctor every couple of months for some treatment or some chronic condition that you're trying to solve, seven minutes is not enough. If you can possibly find a doctor... That will give you more time. Or if you have only seven minutes, make sure you write your questions down so that when you sit in that chair and he looks you in the eye or he looks at his computer screen more often than not these days, ask the questions that you need answered. Now, tell people how they can work with you, Magic. I think you have a free call consultation.
1: I do. And I'll get onto that in a minute. I just had my calculator up. So here in Australia, in 60 Minutes, Doctors are required to see 24 patients. Oh, my that God. That works out as two and a half minutes with you. It's crazy. Yes. I love free stuff. So <laughs> I offer everyone a free intake call with me. So my website is holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's holistic with a W in front of it because I work with holism, not reductionism. <laughs> and so I offer people a free intake call. So they can book that on holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. Once I see that booking, I will send them an intake form. That's my long 12-page form. And I say to people, start writing on it, make a cup of tea, finish it, leave it on your desk for two hours, come back, and then you'll have remembered 10 other things you need to put on it. (laughs) It's a 45 minute call. I go through your history, and even if we don't end up working together, you understand exactly what's been happening in your body. And I always ask for all your previous tests because I am looking at these interesting medical tests, and I'll tell you what's missing and what you need to go back and ask for if they Mm. miss something. It's all about the history. So, Again, I look at the root cause. Why are you having the hot flashes? What happened? Is there an infection there? You know, is this an ACE or an ACA? So adverse childhood experience or adverse childhood relationship experience. I will tell you what I think has caused the situation and then where to go from there. And that's all free at that point.
0: That's a very, very valuable offer, people. So if you are interested, the website link will be on the page on my website. So we could have another hour's worth of conversation, Magic, but in order to respect our time and the time of our listeners, I'm going to say this has been incredible. We didn't really get to talk about big pharma, big food, epidemic heart disease. (laughs) So many things I wanted to talk about. What would you say to people in closing? What's your final uh, words of wisdom for people?
1: Wow, yes, we could talk forever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My final words of wisdom to people. Well, your healthcare needs to be ethical and sustainable. Mother Nature has so much to provide us. And this is not a slight on Big Pharma, but look at where they copy their, their recipes from. Mother Nature's already done it. So, Don't take the chemical alternative. Take the natural alternative. Your your medical situation,
0: as I said, needs to be ethical and sustainable. Absolutely love that. And I'm a big fan of nature myself. Get out in nature. Connect with nature. However short a period of time, a day or once a week, whatever you can do. Super important. Thank you very much, Magic. I appreciate your time. It's been great having you. My
1: pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Heaps. Be well till next time. I'll be back next week with another great guest. everybody i have a favor to ask if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you listen to please leave a review on your favorite site for listening to podcasts you can also leave a comment on my website where you'll find the podcast at the podcast tab or under any of the guest podcast episode pages thanks it means a lot to me and i appreciate you be well till next time